You're listening to the Digital Introverts Podcast, a show where introverts share their success and failure stories and discuss how they thrive in the digital age. I'm your host, Godwin Chan. Let's begin. Episode 13 of the Digital Introverts Podcast features Anna McAfee. She is a community curator, LinkedIn educator, and storyteller, and is driven to help individuals and businesses to build better and more authentic connections in a digital world. She co-founded the hashtag LinkedIn Local Movement, an initiative to connect offline in real life that spread to 90 plus countries in 22 months and has since been validated by LinkedIn. Anna also empowers entrepreneurs and brands looking to create and scale their own communities. She has a unique background in social media and recruitment and is an accomplished LinkedIn trainer and speaker. Let's get right into the show. Great. Hello and welcome to the Digital Introverts Podcast. I'm your host, Godwin Chan, and today we have a very special guest, Anna McGuffey, all the way from Australia. <laughs> Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me, Godwin. It's great. Perfect. Um, so, you know, as the name of the podcast suggests or implies, uh, we're talking about digital introversion. And the first question that a lot of people ask me is, what is it? <laughs> because they've never heard of it. And that's true because I'm actually literally inventing this term, uh, you know, digital introvert or digital introversion. So I guess in your opinion, you know, what does it mean to you uh, to be an introvert in this day and age to be, you know, that's, that's what it means to be a digital introvert? To well, I have, I of course am an introvert by nature. Um, I'm very much a digital introvert because I operate in a digital space. Most of my business is digital. I do a little bit in person, and that is there's a lot of reasons for that. But I ultimately I feel that there's a lot of opportunities for introverts in a digital space because we all work very differently. We all have different styles and I think compared to so for example I'm almost 40 and I remember working prior to any form of social media so you know I had a first first five years of my career was in a very non-digital space at least from a social media perspective and it was harder because there was no screen to hide behind and not that I'm saying hiding is a is a bad thing but I think in terms of constantly having to present yourself in person and network and and, and try and close deals in is, is can, can be quite confronting for a lot of introverts. And so a digital space actually provides so many more opportunities to work in the way you want to work. Um, and for me, geographically, that's very significant, which is one of the reasons I do it, not just being an introvert. Um, that's one of the reasons I work online. But I think having that um, digital space is a wonderful thing um, and a wonderful space to be able to be yourself in rather than trying to front up and be behave like an extrovert when it's not you by nature which is in at least in some environments in person that can can be the case that is true i've honestly i've done that before sometimes just to present myself you know more as an extrovert than i really am and let me tell you, that's very tiring, actually, especially after a while, because you're pretending to be something, someone else. Mm. Right? And so, you know, with, I guess with the abundance of screens, the, you know, one of the good things is that we can be more authentically ourselves and we don't have to, you know, I'm not saying that, 
you know, we don't, you know, need to, you know, be a fake extrovert at times, but <laughs> it's just, there's less pressure to do so just because there is that medium, right. In terms of your screen and someone, you know, your Wi-Fi connection. Absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, even if I, I guess to give a, a different analogy with it, I'm not the most comfortable person producing videos. I do it, but I, 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 I do not have the energy to do it on a daily basis because I'm just not as confident in front of the camera yet. I can write very easily social media posts on a daily basis because I, because it's, it's something that it doesn't, it doesn't mean I'm, you know, I'm, I'm working in the way that I'm comfortable and want to work without feeling like I'm on show. I can share a message without actually needing it to be, I can share it in a way that's comfortable for me, which is either through image or through, I mean, single image and through text rather than through video all the time. And video is a great medium. Don't get me wrong. It's an absolutely fabulous medium. It's just not something that I can do on a daily basis. I'm much more comfortable doing it perhaps on a weekly basis because that's more about more of who I am and so it just those that's what I mean in terms of the way in which we work I think the digital has that there are multiple opportunities there to to be more to to find to work in ways in which you're comfortable and that's complementary to the message that you want to share and your own your own style for sure and isn't that tiring though? Uh, you know, making videos on a, on a weekly basis, even I'm thinking about that. And of course, you know, as you know, I am, you know, I'm about to kind of explore more on the video side, but I can imagine like that can. I mean, I don't have hard. a set, uh, you know, I, it's not, I, it turns out to be about weekly, although having written a book recently, I'm not, um, I haven't really kept up with that. But last year I was trying to do at least one weekly video and I was pretty good at it most weeks, but it, it's not, well, it's not too tiring if you don't make it a, a too hard a task so or maybe I'm, I'm making it harder for myself <laughs> yeah it's you know if it if it's going to take you three hours to edit then yes it's tiring if it's a quick one minute video that requires a filter and a few captions then it's probably a lot easier but that's again it's and it's having I, I guess something to say as well so it's it for me I, I find that weekly is probably good or even even once every two weeks is fine um, but I know look I know a lot of people who who love doing daily videos and that's their, their primary form of sharing their message and, and great if, if you can do it wonderful I just know it's not my style <laughs> and that's not for me either um, <laughs> you know I know that for a fact because just sitting here th you know thinking about that scenario I'm playing you know that kind of scenario with me uh, in, in my head I just get tired <laughs> just like oh you know why, why am I you know talking to a camera you know every day for the foreseeable future I don't know it, it, again it, to each their own right everyone has a different style mm -hmm. and of course for me I'm you know like yourself much more comfortable with with writing social media posts right and, and mm -hmm. doing that or even even posting photos to be honest with you mm -hmm. um, that is okay with me as well you know especially on Instagram but you, and you accompany that with a you know, appropriate kind of caption mm -hmm. and that's that's yeah. more writing again right so that that's totally fine <laughs> but video um we shall see we shall see but it's a good medium, though. Uh, I don't want to knock it. There's a really interesting quote that I found recently, which I probably would have read years ago when I read Susan Cain's book, Quiet. Um, but when I was researching quotes for my own book, I, there was a quote that came up by Susan Cain. I was, I was, there was a bit in the book that I wrote about introverts, so I was looking for some quotes to start the chapter. And there's a quote by Susan Cain that says, everyone shines with the right lighting. And I just simply love that because... 
there are a lot of people that will not shine in a bright, vibrant space because it just isn't their nature. They can shine in a more dimly lit room. And for me, in a way, that's kind of perhaps what the digital space can offer is something that's a little bit more comfortable. And not only that, it's, you know, there's a lot of social media platforms out there, LinkedIn being a good example of one that actually enables you to build that network of people that that are perhaps like you and um, and are supportive of the style that you have. And, um, you know, that in itself provides the right lighting, in inverted commas, because it's everybody is different. We all have the ability to shine, but we just need to figure out in what, in what way and in what pocket and in what environment. Exactly. And that's the, that's the important thing because right. As the quote suggests, right. Everyone has kind of an optimal environment where they, they shine the best and it's up to everyone to really find that and to double down on it. Right. And mm-hmm. really inhabit that space, whether that, whether you're an amazing blogger or, you know, you like putting on networking events or whatever it may be, you know, name it, you, you might be the life of the party, whatever. Right? So yeah, and, and it depends, maybe, you know, instead of going out to the bar on Friday night, you want to just go to a book club or, you know, settle in the library or have a board game night at your house, whatever right? it may be, you know, whatever's, you know, most, most comfortable for you and that sort of thing. And, you, you know, I can, I can give an example, like for me, I do enjoy, you know, writing at home, but then sometimes it just gets a little bit monotonous. So I do sometimes take you know, my laptop to a coffee shop, for example, and that will help it, it you know, it's, it's a very paradoxical way of, of thinking about it, just because of course, a coffee shop is very noisy, you have, you have your producers making coffees, you have the chatter of everyone else, you have you usually have some form of music uh, in the background. But then at the same time, because you treat all of that as as background noise, and it actually, you know, oddly for me, it allows me to focus on my work, actually. So. Yeah, I'd agree with that, I, particularly when you need to get quiet. I mean, writing is a very different style of, I think, a very different mental process than, than just general, you know, working, answering emails. You know, that in itself is writing, but it's not that creative side. And I would, I mean, a different environment with, it, it can just really help with that, that change of mindset. For certainly I had a few days where I was, had a mental block and went somewhere else to work and it was so much easier. There's different kinds of distractions at home than there are in a coffee shop. And I find the ones at home a little louder than the ones at Oh, oh yes. There, there's a lot of temptations at home. Yes. <laughs> Quite a few. And you know, one thing, if you're out of, out of a coffee shop, other people can see what you're doing. <laughs> so that's one thing, <laughs> right? So maybe may allow you to focus a more on your work, right? Yes. Yes. So, you know, instead of uh, doing something else, <laughs> let's just put it that way. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's interesting, you know, what you said about finding a community and things like that. For me, actually, of course, we talked a lot about, or we talked a lot about LinkedIn, right? And and Mm -hmm. the benefits of having that as a professional social network and how, you know, emphasis on the social part of the social network, especially within the past couple of years. And what is interesting is that I've noticed a larger spike in activity, uh, you know, me personally on my Twitter account. And what's interesting for Twitter is it's a very idea-driven platform as well. Mm. Right. And so, you know, albeit with, you know, working with a very constrained character count, but, you know, regardless, it's all, you know, not necessarily, you know, the amount of followers you may have. It's more if you have a good idea, a funny idea, uh, good insight and things like that. And I've been using it 
a lot more recently and I've been getting a lot more engagement and kind of networking opportunities from it. So that, that's, that's interesting because I, I, I mean, I've been on Twitter for years and I just can't seem to get, and every so often I'll jump in and I'll think, Oh yeah, this must be a great, a lot happening here and I'll go and follow. I mean, I follow, I, it's, I find it a good way to keep up with sort of news and journalism and things right. like it that. Right. It is, it is um, a quick sound of great, quick, quick bites of news. Yes. But but yeah, and then I think, oh, but I just, I can never quite, I mean, I always just end up back on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, and, and for me, even Twitter was a very recent phenomenon as well, just because there, there are, you know, a lot of groups of people which are, you know, only live on Twitter, actually. So hmm. you know, one example being, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of business people and entrepreneurs, yes, for sure. But also all the doctors live on there, <laughs> all the physicians hmm. live on there. Uh, and, and of course, you know, notoriously, a lot of, politics goes on on there as well. a lot of music as well i find that's true yeah. music art. yes yes mm -hmm. that is that is true too yeah yeah it's uh, well you've re-inspired me to go back to twitter so i might, I might twitter <laughs> back today we, <laughs> yeah we shall see for me for me i'm just reporting my uh you know what i'm uh you know recently experiencing just because it, it's interesting because i uh, I used to do or be a lot more active on Instagram, actually, mm. um, and, and concentrated a lot more of my efforts there. And then I, I don't, I don't remember when I made the switch to be, you know, much more active on on Twitter. I believe it was sometime. It was recent. It was a few months ago, actually. And so I, I, I realized that. Oh, and and another community is that there are a lot of authors on Twitter, actually, as well. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's another huge community that. And I, well, the one very, actually, one of the reasons I have been looking at Twitter a little bit recently is it's actually probably been the best in Australia. We've just had all the bushfires here um, in the last couple of months. And it's actually, Twitter has been probably the best way to keep in touch with um, what's actually going on in yes, a lot of communities. And that's, I mean, of course, there's, there's been a huge amount of fake news that's been a big problem in Australia um, and especially widely shared on Facebook um, and I'm sure Twitter as well. But in terms of the, the rural fire service and the, the, like the actual going straight to the source for that news information, Twitter has actually would probably have been the best, best medium to, to do that, more so than even news channels. That, that's, that's true because it, it allows for quick dissemination you mm. know, and propagation yeah. of information, especially through the, the liking and the retweeting system. It, it can, mm. it can uh, pardon the pun, it can spread like wildfire. What's interesting is back, back to LinkedIn for a second. And, you, you know, of course, we've discussed this ad, ad nauseum, <laughs> actually, for the, uh, for the book and everything, you know, through our um, correspondences. But for those in the audience that aren't familiar, we're at, we actually connected uh, through something called LinkedIn Local. And you know, actually, I'll, I'll just let you explain because <laughs> you uh, uh, really started it. So what is LinkedIn Local and, <laughs> and you know, how did it start and, and that whole thing? <laughs> LinkedIn Local is an idea. It's a community. It's a hashtag. And it's it, it started in May 2017. I put up a post on LinkedIn, um, having a lot of local connections and not really seeing the people I was connected to weren't going to a lot of offline events and the offline events weren't really something that was inspiring me very much. Um, but I was always quite inspired by what I was seeing online and that's where I was tending to spend a lot of time. And so I put up a post um, about local engagement because there was very little on LinkedIn and a few people that were engaged were like, oh, well, if it's so small, why don't we meet up? And so a week later, I put up a hashtag and said, I'm going to host a LinkedIn local who wants to come. 
Within a few hours, there was London and Brussels going, oh, what a good idea. It was Eric Eklund in Brussels and Alexander Galvez in London. And then Swish Goswami, who was um, a few weeks later, um, did one in New York. And then we got connected after that. So, and it just, I mean, it sort of, it, it, the, the, the term I will use, as I have used previously, is set the world alight because within two years it was um, in 96 countries, 650 cities. We had about over 2,000 hosts at that point, people running events in their local city. And it was a community that we um, ran as a collective, um, all volunteer run it was all not-for-profit, so all the events were not-for-profit and um, really just trying. I mean, the purpose of it was really to get to know the people behind the LinkedIn profiles and connect at the human level. So it appealed to a lot of introverts, which is why we've had, we've had a number of conversations about it. A lot of hosts put their hand up um, to host events and a lot of them were introverted because what's great for introverts in terms of running events is you have something to talk about to somebody. So in, in environments where you don't like talking about yourself and your business, it's when you're an event host, it's very easy because you can just talk to them about the event, what the idea is behind it. You don't necessarily have to open a conversation, which is all about you. So, so that was an incredible experience. Um, in March of last year, so just about two years after we started, um, LinkedIn validated the idea. They released terms available for all LinkedIn users. Uh, so that has meant the movement can continue with LinkedIn's brand on it, which was always a bit of a gray area. Um, and it's open and available to any LinkedIn user now. So, um, so yeah, it, it continues to thrive and grow. And if you're on LinkedIn, I'd be surprised if you haven't seen it in your newsfeed. And if you haven't, then start one. It's a great experience. Well, there you go. You know, congratulations once again for the uh, for the effort and uh, of course personally being or being witness and a participant right with with LinkedIn local for since almost the the, the inception mm-hmm. it was, it was you're the one summer, of the first right? hosts in Montreal right so um, yeah no it, it, witnessing that kind of growth arc it was it was incredible and of course like you said a lot of hosts are introverts and i remember that you mentioned before that of course it's you know easier for hosts to you know to host these kinds of events uh just because people will naturally come up to you and start talking right instead of you having to initiate conversations with other people so uh, one of the nice things that we encourage people really from the start um first sort of four co-founders um myself um, Alexandra, Eric, and Swish. We had I, just between us, sort of set. We just had a few discussions. We didn't set any rules as such, but people, because people were so many people were coming to us for guidance, we thought, well, let's just come up with some a few ideas. And one of one thing we all felt really strongly about was keeping the events pitch free. So we wanted people to know that they could come to a space that wasn't that there wasn't any ulterior motive in terms of the host wanting to upsell something to you afterwards, which a lot of networking events do. And that is one of the reasons why introverts don't like networking events is because there's you, there's a free event and you go and suddenly you're you're being asked to sign up to a $500 program that you just have literally no interest in and you feel awkward saying no because you've been there and, you know, so there's... The whole, the whole event was a sales pitch, basically. Yeah, the whole event was a sales pitch. So we really wanted to keep it um, pitch free and it's an, it's an interesting study. LinkedIn Local is an interesting study in... And I even just in my local area, because I still run events here, and I find this all the time, is that there's a lot of people that come because LinkedIn's name is on it. And that is because it's like, well, we're all on LinkedIn. This isn't 
like it's it's not LinkedIn running the event, so they know there's nobody from LinkedIn there trying to sell them a premium account or a sales navigator subscription. It's literally just a community thing where it it, it I guess it evens the playing field a little bit. There's no you know we're all on LinkedIn, we're all here to network. Um, it's relevant to me because I'm a LinkedIn user, so therefore I can I can go to this without feeling and. That with the added side of it saying it was pitch free was very much to encourage people to say, just come and be who you are. And of course, there's a lot of people on LinkedIn who aren't in sales roles. And a lot of networking events, you know, traditional networking events are designed for sales people. But yet there's a lot of HR managers or there's a lot of office managers or there's a lot of people in all types of environments that actually aren't on LinkedIn to sell. They're there to be part of a conversation, to be part of a discussion, to learn from other people and to know what's going on in their industry or their city. And so LinkedIn Local was a great and in continues to be a great space for people like that to be able to go and get that connection that they need with other people and to talk to people at a human level without feeling like there's an ulterior motive or a pitch in there that they they feel compelled to or feel it just leaves a bit of a bad taste in some people's mouths. So so it was great for that because those people who who aren't there to stand up in front of a room and in one minute tell everybody what who they are, what their business is and what they need from everybody else in the room, which is like an introvert's worst nightmare. Um, LinkedIn logo was great because you could just turn up and be who you are. You didn't even have to talk about work at all if you didn't want to. You could talk about what you did at the weekend. No, nobody would mind. It was it was more a it was more about who you are than what you do. And I, that was and continues to be compelling. I say was in past tense for any listener who I don't, I don't, I'm not involved in the mentoring or manager, managing of that community any, anymore because it wasn't needed after the release of the LinkedIn terms. But yeah, it continues to be a space for people to feel a lot more comfortable at a networking event, but not have to feel like there's a, there's an ulterior motive. It's about the community and not about the, the hosts. Right, for sure. You know, and you know, the secret, I guess, to a good LinkedIn local event was is that the hosts are just providing a medium for you mm. know, for people to connect, right? And, and, and a space to meet. Exactly. Exactly. And there is immense value in that. Absolutely immense. For sure. You know, to connect just for the sake of connecting that that mm. that's you know good enough you know no one needs you know another you know a 500 dollars course on on how to sell <laughs> more effectively we have a lot of those out there right so and mm. we have a lot of events designed for that and so you know why don't we just you know go back to the root of human connection and that's you know exactly in my mind that was all you know LinkedIn local was or, or is and continues to be about Right. And so I always valued that, you know, sort of place. And, and the other thing I wanted to mention was that the one question that I, I, I actually dislike the most is, so what do you do? And just because, you know, first it's low effort. And second, it's, you can just look at my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> not, not, that's literally what it, you know, what it boils down to. Right. And it's just, yes, it, it, it is important to know what someone does. Mm-hmm you know, you know, for a living or whatever that means. But at the same time, everyone is so much more unique and complex and more diverse than what they do, right? Or as a job or a career or things like that. So why don't we just talk about more of that, about that, you know, talk about our hobbies or, you know, our families or whatever, you know, the case may be, you know, and and of course, for me, I've, Sorry, I've I've uh, consciously tried to you know reduce actually uh, asking that question to other people as well. 
The question that I ask people at LinkedIn local events is, so what brings you here today? Because it gives them, the people who are there, who are used to traditional networking, have the opportunity to say, oh, well, this is what I do. But it also allows people to say, well, I've literally just moved here and I'm looking for a job or I've moved here. I've just, and so I just wanted to, you know, I work from home and I just wanted to get out of the house and come and meet some people. And this seemed like a great opportunity to do that. And I think for me, that question is a little bit easier than, because you don't want to ask too personal a question. But, no, especially um, the, first, the first encounter, yes. Yeah, so. What's your deepest, darkest secret? <laughs> yeah, so it just, it just brings, it, it allows people to be a bit more themselves. So if they're not really comfortable talking about their business, they don't really have to. Or they can say, oh, well, you know, a friend of mine told me that I should come and this was, so I thought I would come and check it out. And so it's. It's yeah, just a slightly easier conversation starter than, than, you know, what do you do? That's true. But then also, you know, as a host or as the other person in the conversation, then you can glean a bit of insight into, into reasons why people come. Right? Is, mm. you know, is it to is it to make new friends is, or connections? Is it to because I'm you know I was I had free time today or is you know recommendation from a friend or or any of those you know number of reasons and I've seen all of that you know, you know as well or is like oh you know my my friend dragged me into this <laughs> to come today uh, I I've seen that before right so yeah it's it, it's fascinating right and especially what I've noticed for about you know being the host of I have lost count actually how many uh, events i've actually hosted because I, I, know, I, know, I know three i've done three in montreal but in in toronto i forget actually i've i've been with discover your personal brand or or dypv for about a year so i think we've done six or seven more i don't remember mm-hmm. off the top of my head but done quite a few and you know it's amazing when you see that vast majority of people are there just for the sake of meeting people and catching up with old connections rather than because you know you know vast majority of people know the purpose of these types of events is not to promote themselves necessarily or to sell or or, or things like that so it's good it, it you know i've made a lot of for me it's been a personal boon as well in terms of you know expanding my own network and to really meet some new interesting people <laughs> yeah it's and particularly because it isn't industry specific uh That's true. It, it's nice to get the different perspectives. So, you know, be it particularly where I live, you might have somebody who works in, in an agricultural space, you know, the, you know, a manager for, for a large, you know, ag- agricultural company. And then you've got the, you know, sort of the digital marketing side, you've got a lot of health and wellness and, and things like that. So it's, it's just so interesting to see the different kinds of businesses that just can turn up in, for, for me, was what, what is quite a small city and so it's just it's the diversity is is incredible because it does just attract people from different different environments and different industries to actually kind of bring those people together is is really nice and very refreshing yes that that is true uh meeting different kinds of people who you usually would not rub shoulders with also because mm. then you can learn about you know different industry trends and also right and and just kind of broaden you know, your perspective for a little bit and kind of see what life is like for, you know, other working professionals in industries that are different from your own. And I think that that's always fascinating, especially, you know, when I meet someone for the first time and, and, and I find out, oh, you know, they're in the 
you know, nonprofit space or they're in the performing arts space or, you know, they're a consultant or, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, the, the list can go on and on. And it's incredible what kinds of conversations and connections and follow-ups and even potential for, for collaborations, sponsorships and, and all, all those things. Right. So it's been fantastic. <laughs> this journey. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. Yeah, it has. I think it, I mean, it's taught as an introvert, it's taught me a lot about myself because I am extremely, I'm very, inspired and stimulated by conversations with people so it's not it's not that I you know I I completely it drives me very very much so even though I'm an introvert it's it's those it's the it's the stories though and it's the people that you meet and the interesting conversations that you have and that is is very very inspiring for me and I I think it, it just builds a bit well, certainly for me personally, is built a lot more confidence in my own abilities to, you know, to 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 run events and 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 run communities and build communities because it's um you know in terms of branded communities too. It's I mean it's funny because Alexandra and I are both introverts. In fact, we both have the same Myers Briggs type, which was INFJ. And one point about a year in, we went, how did I mean, I don't actually know the Myers-Briggs types of Eric and Switch, so I should really find that out. But her and I were at least like, how did we? How did two introverts? become a part of this group that well a part of the at least some of the leaders in this group who were really introverted all about you know people getting offline and face to face and it just but it just makes so so much sense and in the way it was done was very in the style that her and I are both wanting to work in which is about being more authentic and you know Eric was extremely you know extremely of the same mind it was about being your more authentic self being actually who you are and not not constantly focusing on what you do which is ironic because a lot of people who are either on LinkedIn and not using it extensively or perhaps aren't even on LinkedIn will completely look at LinkedIn as being a professional platform so why did it's interesting when you look at like why did LinkedIn local why did that whole movement of offline happen on LinkedIn which is supposed to be a professional space um, to, or at least what a lot of people perceive it as but it, it really isn't a professional space it's just a different kind of space it provides a different style of lighting yes that's correct um, yeah. <laughs> yeah yes and I and I do agree with the uh, you know that I, I very much enjoy the art of making conversation really um, and, and something that I've well, one thing one thing I, and just more so much about the online LinkedIn world rather than the offline one that we've been talking about, but I think the one thing that well, I know to be true of introverts is that not, well, some introverts are great at it, but there's not a lot of introverts who are very good at small talk. So they prefer slightly deeper conversations. And I certainly know from all of my other social media feeds, the deeper conversation is happening on LinkedIn. And that's one of the reasons I have always been drawn to it is I, there is more thoughtful questions. There's more interesting content because it is a little bit deeper than, and okay, yes, of course, some of it's professional, but with so many of us, I think I'm in blurring a lot of our professional and personal lives now. It's For me, it isn't just a professional space. It's a space where I have probably deeper conversations than I do, say, on something like Facebook because my Facebook feed is full of what I see as a lot of small talk. Yeah. That's a different way of looking at it, but... Yeah, that's a different way of looking at it, and that that is actually true. Actually, now that now that I uh, reflect on it a little bit, and, uh, and you're exactly right. You know, a lot of introverts aren't necessarily good at small talk. I mean, even for myself, I can do it. It's not necessarily something I enjoy partaking in for a very 
extended period of time. And, and there comes a time when, you know, I want to talk about a bit more kind of deeper subjects, like, you know, you can take, you know, kind of any topic, like what, uh, you know, owing to recent news, like what does Jeff Wiener stepping down from the CEO mm. of LinkedIn, what does that mean for the future of the platform? Now that's interesting to me, that may not be as interesting for, let's say, you know, some other people who would just prefer talking about other things or, or just more surface level things. So I don't know, it, to each their own, but it's just, that's interesting, like the more deeper stuff and, and you know, things that get me to think uh, or ponder are interesting, especially those really hard questions or those unanswered, those unanswered questions. That to me is very- I, Yeah, and for me, it's also, I mean, introverts, this might be a, a bit of a generalization, but introverts tend to like listening um, or tend to be good listeners. And it's a, it's a great platform for listening, as in you don't, you can, you can read what's in the newsfeed and learn a lot and perhaps like and comment on a few posts. You don't have to be particularly shouty to get the benefits of it um i.e you don't have to be producing daily content on your own to get the benefits of linkedin i know a lot of people who very rarely post on their own but they get so much from having either reading what's going on in their industry or just having conversations in the news feed so just replying to other people's posts and and look and instagram i'm sure is probably great for that and as you mentioned twitter it's a great way to spread ideas but yeah from it's you've just got to find what works for you and for me the there was more deeper conversations happening on linkedin than there was on on facebook at least but in at least in my feed anyway <laughs> i mean i mean <laughs> it can be i mean it, yeah it it does it, it it really depends on what kind of content you curate on these platforms but mm. in general yes you know linkedin has has those more interesting conversations i mean facebook for me is just i mean especially nowadays it's just keeping up with what my friends are doing and yeah. seeing funny things <laughs> that's about it right that, that's my facebook and what you what is really interesting though is that i've actually gotten a huge amount of traction i guess for my book on facebook mm. and that's mainly due to just a lot of people that i've known you know throughout the years because facebook was my first social media platform mm. right and so i had <laughs> a lot of old high school friends and, and university friends come, come out to kind of, you know, like and support the, uh, when I announced that I was writing the book. And that to me was always interesting. It was like, oh, okay, you're still, you're still on Facebook. Huh, okay. <laughs> no, that's good to know. Um, and so, you know, it's still kind of, you know, a place where you can keep tabs on what your friends are doing. But at the same time, no one really posts on their own feed anymore. Right, so. Yeah, it's it. I it's funny. I was I was actually having this conversation with somebody two days ago about posting, and they were like, "Oh, I just don't want to post my work stuff on my Facebook feed. I just feel like I'm bothering people." And I I can actually completely agree with that because I rarely post stuff from my that I post on LinkedIn. I don't post it on Facebook. Oh, that's interesting. And it's I, it's again, there's there's a lot of people in my Facebook feed that I just think I mean how they're not even remotely interested in my business or what I'm doing. So <laughs> maybe maybe they are, but I sort of feel like if they really are. They can come and find me on LinkedIn, <laughs> connect with me there. That, that's fair. I mean, they, that that's true. I mean, I do have that. You know, some yeah differentiation. I mean, it's a, well, it's a different yeah. mentality because I have a lot of and it's and maybe there's an age difference between you and I because I have a lot of you know I have a lot of friends that just have never really done social media 
Um, oh, okay. And although they might be on social media, but they just they never really check their feeds. And I, I know, I, know that they, they, I know all they want from Facebook is really to keep in touch with with family. They don't. I, I know that they don't want to see my work posts because they've told me. So maybe that's maybe maybe I should be ignoring. Maybe them. there is a generational difference, but uh, yeah, no, that's that, that's. Whereas. Whereas if you, you know, you've always, you know, you had Facebook in high school and, and university and things like that, it's, it's maybe, I don't know, it's, it's, I think people look at it very, very differently. But then I, I talk to a lot of people who just feel uncomfortable posting on LinkedIn because they just don't feel that their people would be interested in their voice or what they have to say, or they don't know what to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's, a, that's a whole other, other side of it as well. That's true. I mean, there, I mean, I have had, I mean, ha- I have had kind of my reservations, you know, a little bit about being very open about what I'm doing or what I'm up to, because there, they're actually from what I found out is that there are two types of introverts, actually. One that cannot be found anywhere online. And then mm-hmm. second one is they're everywhere online. And so of course I belong to the latter group and yes, I'm, you know, I'm in the latter group as well. <laughs> and so because I know, you know, a lot, uh, and a few introverts actually who, who I've interviewed for, you know, my book is that, you know, they tell me I'm like, and they're, they're like, you know, I don't, you know, even even people in my peer group, they're like, I don't really see the need of, you know, using social media or, or things like that, right? They just prefer to keep in touch with their with their loved ones or, or people close to them. And that's good enough for them, right? You know, and, and these individuals are like, I have I have a LinkedIn, I have a phone, I have email, that's it. <laughs> right? So well, I mean, I I'm married to somebody who doesn't do any form of social media, which is extremely ironic, because my entire business is built around social media. So it's, it's an extreme, like you go to, you don't get more extreme than that. But it's, it works because we sort of keep each other kind of in check with, with, with <laughs> either how we need to connect with the world or how we need to stop connecting with the world. So. Yes, that's, that's true. I mean, I mean, there have been, you know, a lot of, you know, reports and studies on you know, the negative aspects of social media, which is fair, you know, of course, there mm-hmm. are you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of downsides to that, you know, and that's kind of the reason why, or, you know, one of the side benefits of having, you know, LinkedIn local is so that we can get outside of our digital world once in a while. Right. So, Absolutely. And I, you know, I mean, there's, I mean, I've written some stuff about this, you know, both articles and in the book, but it's the nature of the way that we work is, has changed significantly in 10 years because of social media. And its benefit is it's connected to us, to everybody, gives us the ability to connect with everybody. Are we actually connecting with some? Yes, but not with a lot. But it's also isolated a lot of people in terms of, well, you can work from home, isn't that great? And then you do, and then you realise that in actual fact, as a human being, your, your basic needs to talk to people and to get that face-to-face contact isn't actually being met so I mean I've been I've reached out I've had people reach out to me countless times about how much it had impacted and LinkedIn Local had impacted them because they were struggling in a social network that wasn't supporting them and LinkedIn Local helped them kind of get out of that it helped them get past some mental health problems that they were having based on past experiences and people just compelled to to I guess make change after somebody going to something that wasn't about what they did and realized they didn't really love what they did they were more 
more interested in the people around them and and the stories or you know their side projects suddenly they became more passionate about it when they could find people that they were able to talk with and share that passion with so is it a huge benefit that offline connection and of course it's still linkedin related everybody's still connecting online it just enriches a whole other side of who we are still connecting it back to linkedin and it's yeah, it's it for a lot of people. It it has been compelling. Right, for sure, and and it's really and it's always really interesting because of course you know about the find nearby feature on on LinkedIn. And it's really really interesting when during the event when when everyone literally connects with everyone uh, on the spot, and it's just it's a game changer, right, in terms of sparking new conversations and 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 things like that. Of course, you know I've I've always treated LinkedIn as a as a tool, as a very good tool, mm-hmm. right, for supplementing in-person conversations that's all that's how i've always treated social media in a sense right it's a good tool and of course you know we have a variety of different ways of connecting with people especially we're currently video conferencing right and there are other ways you know connecting you know such as through voice or you know through a phone call or through different text-based mediums like or media like you know slack and messenger or any of those other messaging uh, applications or apps but nothing you know, really nothing beats in person. This is this is good. <laughs> this is quite good. Video conference is quite good. But it isn't. Uh, it's not hundred percent it's, it's not, it's not, not like exactly replicate the uh the full experience of you know being in the same room, breathing the same oxygen <laughs> kind of thing, right? It's and uh, this again, you can't and th- this is another thing that I think in particular why I see a lot of technology companies developing some kind of offline component like i mean linkedin didn't develop it it's its community did but you can't fake who you are offline and if you do it you know people realize it very very quickly there's so much false information and there's you know people are trying to portray their life and their world as online you know they're 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 basically sugarcoating it and making it appear a lot lot more interesting or a lot or perhaps trying to appear more successful than they are online and you can't you can't fake that offline and i think that's again coming down about down to what a lot of people have been craving and will continue to crave is that you can't you can't fake who you are offline you, you can't turn up to an event and and if you do and and try and sugarcoat your life there and talk about how wonderful you are, people really don't want to see it. They might be interested in it online, but people are becoming way more interested in the human side and not they're not wanting to scroll through the news feeds of completely sugarcoated lives anymore. I don't think and and that is why I think a lot of technology will continue to see more more happening in an online to offline space because it's it's inherently about what what we need as human beings and we need to try and I guess find a balance between that right and and, and you know you touched on a very interesting point between you know, authenticity versus I would say fake personas right because it's very mm-hmm. easy to do that of course everyone wants to look more successful than they actually are Right. That's not, that's just a given, you know, a lot of people t- or some people take that to an extreme, right. And they're, you know, they carefully craft their you know perfect online persona that they are, you know, this, this, that, and then they have to have the perfect 
profile photo and they, their Instagram pictures has to be very high quality and whatever, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and to mix very idealized, uh, very narrow subset of, you know, who an individual actually is. The basically all the highs, right, or, or most of the highs. That's what a lot of people portray themselves online as, right? What do we, you know, see a lot of online or all the accolades people win? You know, the institutions that they get to enter, right? The awards that they win, right, and, and things like that. All the highs, but you know, there's an underrepresentation of all the lows. Oh, you know, my business failed, or you know, my marriage fell apart, or whatever, right? Which is fine. I understand why there are some things that are very personal right? That you may not feel entirely comfortable with sharing in that extremely vulnerable aspect. But at the end of the day, you know, people want to meet people and to get to know people, you know, the good, bad and ugly, just everything in, in that complete package, you know, rather than someone who, you know, claims that they've been successful their entire life, which is a lie, first of all. And, and second, it just does not help with someone's self-esteem, right? In, in terms mm -hmm. of, you know, you're seeing you're seeing someone's highlights you know on social media then then you start comparing yourself to them and that's always never almost always never a good thing that's why you know definitely meeting with real people offline uh, always gives at least me uh, as far as i'm concerned a reality check it's like mm. oh we're all just broken and messed up as i am <laughs> in some form or, or shape or not we're all human and a lot of people have forgotten that that's that's what people need to hear for the reassurance it's not these beautifully slick, stylized, airbrushed lives. It's, it's perhaps the more human side. Right, you know, ex exactly. And, uh, and what's interesting is that, you know, for me, I'm, I operate pretty much the same, you know, online and offline. So there's no you know, extra effort needed to, you know, be put into. Yeah, I agree with that. Off, right. And, and then, if you do, it's exhausting. <laughs> it's actually really tiring to keep up with a fake yeah. persona, right? Especially when you have the occasional slip up and character, then people start to notice and then you're, mm. and you're trying to cover your tracks. Oh, that's not for me. <laughs> no, not at all. Wow. Again, I, I always love these conversations because we can talk about so many different aspects and of course you, you know a lot of introverts do create kind of deeper conversations and, and and things like that that you know time does fly by but i do generally try to keep it <laughs> to keep my podcast recordings to about an hour just because i know a lot of people uh, may not have the patience or the time to listen to someone like Joe Rogan blab on for three hours <laughs> so yeah no thank you once again for uh coming on to my show and um, thank you, Godwin. No worries. And you know, I just had kind of one last question. So you know, I know we didn't get to talk a lot about you know your online business, but if you you know, first thing is you know, how can people find you? Uh, you know, of course, you're on LinkedIn, but you know, there's other ways you know people can reach you as well. And then, is there anything that you'd like to promote to our audience? Uh, to find me, um, I'm Anna McAfee. I think on all platforms, just the Handle, yeah, well, I think, well, maybe not Facebook, <laughs> but certainly on Twitter and Instagram and LinkedIn. If you just use okay, I was gonna ask you MCAFEE okay. um, okay. on those, um, and and there you can obviously find me my Facebook page as well. Um, I'm oh. yet to yet to do TikTok. I think I, I might going, have I an account. I think I might have an account, but it seems like a wildly extroverted place for me. I'm a little scared. Yeah, um, wildly extroverted is wildly skewed towards Gen Z. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, so, I'm yeah, not on it, so that, that's not me. So, um, so yeah, that's where you can find me. Um, and in terms of business and promotions, look, I, I do I, I, a hybrid of two things really. Um, although I do them both in a very similar way. Um, one is helping entrepreneurs and businesses um, get more established on LinkedIn and building that virtual village that they need to support them and help them get to where they need to go. So really, kind of building a community around them. And equally, I help communities scale and grow uh, I learned a lot with LinkedIn local I have a, um, a process to help people build particularly brands to cur- curate their own community so a process that they can go through to do that as well as consulting um, to existing communities about how they can perhaps fix the leaks and and get things working a little smoother in order to better support their brand and their business perfect sounds good and you know after you you know, you just said that, I, I, it got me thinking because, oh, I may be starting to create a community as well <laughs> with the content I'm doing. So yeah, no, Absolutely. you know, and it's interesting. I'm, I'm sure, of course, you learned a lot, you know, about community building through LinkedIn Local. I'm sure, you know, you had to learn a bit faster than <laughs> a lot of people because of it. Ex- we, I mean, we had no budget with LinkedIn Local, so we made every mistake under the sun. So my I process is very much about helping people to not make the mistakes that we did. I mean, essentially it was trial by fire, but uh, I'm sure. Oh, it was great. <laughs> we, we still did 96 countries in two years. So that, that, you know, not bad. How, how, I mean, that, that, just hearing that is just, that's incredible, that amount of growth, you know, in such a short period of time. Must have been overwhelming at times too, just kind of man- managing all these. Uh, oh, it, I mean, okay, I nearly burnt out doing it, but it was as I as I have quoted many times, it was a monster. It was a very fun and happy monster, but it was still a monster. But yeah, it was it was great, great learning experience. Perfect. Thank you once again, and I'll, thanks, Gordon. Uh, catch up with you soon. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Digital Introverts Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing and leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at D-I-G-I-I-N-T-R-O-S-H-O-W. And you can follow me on all social platforms at G-O-D-W-I-N-H-S-C-H-A-N. I appreciate everyone who listens to the show And let's change the world quietly.